Hey everyone, how you doing? This is Amon Green, the Green Bay Packers all-time leading rusher, and you're listening to The Average Cheese, hosted by Dell and Todd, two lifelong Packer fans talking about their favorite team, the 13-time champion, Green Bay Packers. Go Pack Go! Welcome to episode 92 of the Average Cheese Podcast. I'm Dale Lobel. Peter Jones, Todd Widener here. The whole crew is back. Thanks to Rhonda and the folks at Arna Management. Thanks to Dwight at ddgcustoms.com. And thanks to Dan and the folks at Bob Anderson. Peter has put amazing content on www.averagecheese.com, avgcheese.com. The preseason college All-Americans, Peter. We're going to have to get into that maybe next week before the season starts. You can tell us a little bit about your college All-Americans. Peter and I put the 53 as we saw it up there, and mine is a fucking train wreck, Peter. Yours is 100% right. You find us on Twitter at avgcheese. That's about it. Peter, episode ninety-two, episode ninety-one. Todd and I butchered that whole history thing, so we're glad you're back. Stabilized things. Yes, it's it's good to be here. But just before we get there, my fifty-three wasn't quite a hundred percent. I'm not going to take credit for it not being (laughs) for it being a hundred percent when it was when it wasn't quite. But we'll get there in a minute. Number ninety-two for the Packers struggled with this one. And then decided it would be some guy that the Packers picked up as a free agent back in the day. Reggie White, who else could it be? And what could you say about Reggie White that hasn't already been said? This is a guy that had two Hall of Fame careers for the Eagles before he came to the Packers and then and then with the Packers. Eight-time first-team All-Pro. Five-time second-team All-Pro. So 13-time All-Pro, 13-time Pro Bowler. Every accolade that he could have achieved in his career, he did achieve in his career. Obviously, the NFL Decades team of the 80s and 90s, 75th anniversary team, the 100th anniversary team, Packers Hall of Fame, Eagles Hall of Fame, Pro Football Hall of Fame, everything. Number retired by the Eagles and the Packers. As much as his play on the field, his influence and the time that he came to Green Bay in in 1993 as that first big free agent of the you know unrestricted free agent era we all know the story about mike holmgren leaving the message on his answering machine telling him it was god and he should go to green bay (laughs) just being able to get a player of that caliber i think made the huge difference to the packers in, in terms of yes play on the field but also being able to encourage other free agents and other players to come to green bay I don't know what you guys want to add. I, the, the only other thing I want to say is he was a star player at the USFL before he ever got to the Eagles. And there's a year there, whichever was the last year of the USFL, I don't want to say 85 or 86, Memphis Showboats he played for. And in his last year, so it had been 85, they played the spring schedule and then he played a year for the Eagles. And he had some stupid number, like nearly nearly 30 sacks in that calendar oh, year. Oh, in that calendar year? Yeah. Jesus, yeah. that's crazy. <laughs> Because if you're in the USFL now, you're definitely not going to play in the NFL. 
Like that was a different era of the USFL where Trump and a bunch of billionaires <laughs> had yeah. all their money. Like yeah. they were actually able to pay players, Steve Young, Jim Kelly. Like there was a buttload of players in that time yeah. playing in the Hush. USFL. Herschel Walker. Herschel Walker, right. Oh, he did yeah. play for the New Jersey Generals. So that, that yeah. one I actually yeah. know. There's two things. One, I don't know why he came to Green Bay. I mean, if the whole Holmgren, this is God thing, like made him laugh yeah. because he was a religious dude. But there was Favre and there was no reason to come to Green Bay. There were much better destinations for Reggie White than Green Bay. He was the catalyst. Sean Jones, Keith Jackson, like the like guys started to consider Green yeah. Bay as a free agent destination because Reggie White was there. He kind of opened the floodgates. Really good man on top of being just an incredible player. My favorite Reggie White is when he launched Chris Carter. That's one of my favorite. Like you could play, put that in my timeline yeah. every day for the rest of my life. And I'd watch it about six times before I scrolled on to anything else. In fact, when I pump up this episode, that picture, that video, that short video has to be a part of the Reggie White episode. Cause that's, I love that. We're going to put a hundred and whatever, 90 pound Chris Carter out there to get in the way of Reggie White. And he just got <laughs> ragdolled. Todd, any Reggie White thoughts? Um, my memories were just like, I, from my memory, it was, he was the first person that like marquee player to ever come to Green Bay, you know, kind of coming out of the dark years of the eighties to, you know, the minister of defense. And yeah, I, his signature move of like how he would, he would kind of hook his, his right arm to the inside go outside and then take a step and just launch people. Yeah. It was just a hump move. Yeah. 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 I mean, and I don't know if he was, he was the one who developed that or what, but I mean, he definitely was the person who could do it most effectively. He's still kind of one of those players too, that I, I still can't believe he's gone. You know, like when I think about like Walter Payton, Tony Gwynn, some of those guys that were just like in their forties who were just hall of famers and, it's still to this day, like when I think of him, I'm like, oh, yeah, he's not. Yeah, he's gone. You know, it's it's strange. Yeah, that hunt move that Reggie White did. I don't care how strong and Reggie White was clearly a extremely strong man. You can't even teach that technique because no. there's no one else that can do that. I remember he did it to like Larry Allen or something who weighed like yeah. 1000 yeah. pounds. <laughs> yeah. yeah. The timing of that has to be perfect. I don't, I don't care how strong you are. You have to know exactly when that guy's on his right foot or his, you know, that back foot to be able to do that to a man that size guys can't do that. They would never teach that in an NFL room because there was one, one guy that could do it. And that was Reggie White. And did it from the left defensive end position. You know, everybody thinks those great. Right guys that rack up the sacks, at least from the, from the right defensive end, played left defensive end, could move inside and play defensive tackle. There's a playoff game that the Packers played against the Lions. I guess it's the 94 season when they when they beat the Lions 16-12 at Lambeau, at Lambeau Field and they held Barry Sanders to like Negative. nine yards rushing or whatever it was. Reggie played inside at defensive tackle in that game. Hmm. And there's lots of film of him pushing the guard. And I forget the poor guard's name from the Lions, you know, pushing him way into the backfield, play after play after play. Just an incredible all-round player. Let's move on to some things. So, Todd, you put this in the slices, but we'll leave it till later. Ty Summers was cut. 
before anybody else this week. In fact, I texted you immediately as soon yes, as Ty Summers was I gone. I can't believe I didn't. I wasn't following that more close. The last piece of trash has been taken out, finally. Has it, though? So, well, there's a few lingering items, but we just hung on to him way too long. He was a definite health concern for me. I mean, every single week. <laughs> so that you're going to have a stroke or a heart attack watching yeah, him play? I mean... My doctor will be very pleased to know that Ty Summers has been released. So I can kind of move on with my cardiac issues. Like you, you should have definitely put that clip though of him when he got juked by the by the quarterback. Yeah. I was trying was, Peter, I was oh trying to find the, that Ian Book run, but from the all twenty-two angle, because Ty Summers looks like he's doing the matrix. He literally is like falling oh, backwards to try to get to Ian Book, a backup and, quarterback. It's the worst. The and worst. it wasn't even, it was just a routine open field tackle. Yes. That's it. I think that was the final straw. That play, I think, was the final straw for Tuck Summers. Glad it was. I see here you put in the notes that Dave Robinson has sold his Super Bowl rings. I hate that. Oh, I don't know. So, yeah, when I saw that, so he sold them for like, oh, like it was $174,000. And I'm thinking, like, can't the Packers just, these guys, in comparison to what players make today, they, don't, they didn't get paid shit, you right. know? And, you know, but they're still relevant in the organization, right? So, aren't they, shouldn't they be compensated? And, and to see like an 81 year old guy, Saying, well, now I can go do what I want to do for the rest of my life by selling off your Super Bowl one and ring. That's not all he's, he's sold. He sold a bunch of other stuff, too, which it's sad to me to see an article like that. And then the article, whoever wrote the article is like, well, he, he actually got more than, I don't know, was some other P- Packer Hall of Famer who sold his rings, too. And I'm like, is this a thing? They, they do that? It's mm-hmm. sad. I think organizations, not just the Packers, but you need to preserve that stuff. And if it's... He's 81 years old. He's a legend with your, your organization. Compensate the guy and take care of him for the rest of his years instead of giving up the rings, man. You can't give up those rings. Now it's with some fucking douchebag, you know, you know, that's should not have anything to do with those rings. It happens way too often, doesn't it? Whether it's a football player or a baseball player or whatever. And, you know, as Todd said, I mean, those guys didn't earn a lot of money and nothing in comparison to what's being earned today. And, and, and although, you know, each successive CBA to do something about previous pensions and, and, and healthcare benefits for the veterans, the old guys never goes anywhere near far enough. And it does surprise me, I guess that there just isn't something, you know, that, yeah. that could help, help those guys more than having to give up something as special as a, you know, Super Bowl like, or NFL championship yeah. ring. It's, 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 it's iconic, just a yeah. completely iconic piece of memorabilia. I didn't know this that kind of thing went on, but apparently it does. There's a couple of things for me. Like, it's the first Super Bowl. Yes. All, all Super Bowl rings have value and are valuable as memorabilia, but that's the first one ever. And pl- from a great player, it's not like some, you know, the 53rd guy or whatever. I don't know how many guys they had on the roster back then. But, you know what I mean? It's not some nobody ring. It's a guy that has name recognition. I get why you would want one, but I never would. Like, why the fuck do I want some Super Bowl ring that I bought? 
I don't get the. I know. I don't get it. Like I didn't I earn that. Right. I would rather buy a knockoff just to have it because it's not the same thing. It's it's not. I don't know how to it's say per, it's it, personal. But, uh, it's different. It's different I'm from an off. autograph. Yes. Right? Yeah. Right. If you bought not his original jersey, but like if you had the guy's autograph, that's one thing. You got the guy's Super Bowl ring. No. Yeah. No. That's part of folklore. That's part of history. That goes in, you know, when you go to Lambeau Field and you go through their Hall of Fame tour and stuff, that should be encased in glass, period. Right. No and then you compensate the guy on top of it and say, look, you're still relevant in this organization. You've meant a lot to this organization. What can we do to help you out? Yeah, the and Packers could easily have come up with 200 grand and bought those rings for more than the oh, 175000 that he got yeah. or whatever you said. Yeah, let I'm getting really super angry about that. We got to stop talking <laughs> about that. That makes me sad and angry at the same time. Morgan Burnett is going to retire Packer. Okay. Morgan Burnett was a good player. I don't know. That doesn't really mean much to me. That, that, I thought certain, he was your guy. No. Nick Collins. Oh. Nick Collins was my Oh, guy. yeah, Collins. He played eight years. Burnett, didn't he? I was trying to think. Didn't he have like a career-ending injury, like a neck or something? Nick Collins certainly did. Uh, yeah. Burnett, oh, that's right. That's, that must I must be confusing. Yeah. With you. yeah, I mean, Burnett left as, a, as an unrestricted free agent, went to Pittsburgh, I want to say, towards the end of his career. Was a good player. I mean, it's not like Aaron Rodgers or Charles Woodson or anybody like that, like some great player. Good player, though. Which means that he's retiring this year, though? Is that what, you're, is that what it said? Yeah, yeah. I, announced it today. Okay. Interesting. I had no idea he was even sniffing no, the mean, league. <laughs> no, 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 no. I, I think it's after you go out of retirement, I think you I think you have to officially announce to a team who you want to be retired by. I think that's what it was. It was just the announcement of Okay. Whatever that means. All right. You know, they have to go they have to go through inane process of signing them to a one-day contract and all, and all of that sure. so it's a real contract and all of that stuff but i mean it seems to be the thing these days doesn't it morgan burnett was a, a solid player for an, for a, a number of years was part of the super bowl well 45 yeah. yeah i don't know why i took joy in this but i did not know that josh jackson was still in the league either and when like, i was looking how? through how? i don't know when i was looking huh. through the cuts Arizona yeah. Cardinals cut Josh Jackson today. I was like, oh, that's a surprise. He even made it that yeah. far. <laughs> yeah. He should have been like the 90 to 85 cut with the <laughs> Cardinals. Seriously. Other former Packers, Jay Sternberger, also cut today by the Pittsburgh Steelers. I don't know. <laughs> I, I don't have much to say about that. And Kadar Holman was cut by the 49ers today. Three well, former Packers. All those guys. I, I guess the common, maybe not so much Kadar Holman, but with Josh Jackson and Jay Sternberger, they both were given a really good opportunity in the NFL, a really good opportunity to play. It wasn't like, you know, they were coming in ahead of guys. They were drafted. They both were given a very good opportunity to succeed in the NFL. And neither one of them, you know, Josh Jackson, just you just would scratch your head with like, what? And Jay Sternberger, you know, he was in his second year was supposed to kind of come in and everything was leading towards him starting. Like he, he might be able to start and then off the field issues. And yeah, I mean, Josh Jackson is a second round pick in the year that they took Jair Alexander in the first round. And, you know, and there are lots of people that were saying that 
Jackson could have been the Packers' first round pick in that draft, and, and that wouldn't have been a surprise at the time. And it just never, you know, just never, never worked out for him. And Kadar Holman was a sixth round pick at the Packers. And they traded him to the Texans for got a seventh round pick back. He's not a bad player, you know, as a as a backup corner as your as your third or fourth corner. I thought he, he was a decent player. I would expect him to bounce around with somebody for the end up on somebody's practice squad or at least get a shot somewhere else. Jay Sternberger, I think, was a third round pick, wasn't he? Third or fourth round pick. And that's why they both got opportunities. I was at the Wisconsin-Iowa game when Josh Jackson almost single-handedly won that game for Iowa at Camp Randall. I think he had two picks in that game and one as the Badgers were going in for a score that pretty much iced that football game. I thought he was going to be great. He wasn't fast. And then once you, you know, you started to watch his college tape, he was pretty grabby in college with they, they let him get away with. He wasn't fast enough to run with NFL receivers and still isn't. He was a one year starter in, in college and had an exceptional year, a lot of picks that year. And I guess the, the bandwagon kind of grew, but there wasn't a, you know, there wasn't multiple years of a body of work there. And Jay Sternberger, and I am extrapolating and I have no idea. I wonder if Jay Sternberger wants to play football. I know that he's had some mental health issues and I wonder that maybe he just doesn't want to play. And when you don't have your heart in it a hundred percent. And I, again, I have no idea. I'm just guessing this. You can't play in the NFL if you don't, if you don't want to do it, like you, you got to be there all the time. There's too many talented players. We'll see, see if they, they catch on. I don't think Josh Jackson will be on another roster again in his career. Jay Sternberger has a talent to do it. And you think, Peter, that Kadar Holman will also bounce around the league? We'll see. Yeah. We'll see what happens. I'm sure that – so the 53 is out. As you look at it, Peter, yeah. is there anyone that really surprises you? Now, now, some of your 53 are on this list. So who's the biggest surprise cut for you? The surprises for me were on, on the defensive side of the ball. I guess one on the offensive line, Caleb Jones, I thought would make the team just on the basis of what we saw in preseason. Obviously very talented, huge guy, and I think somebody will pick him up. So I think that I don't think he he gets to, he gets through waivers and gets back to the practice squad. I think somebody picks him up. So on that basis I was surprised that he was released. The other one was probably Sean Davis, the safety. I think just about everybody expect to make the fifty three. I think lots of us didn't expect Tariq Carpenter to make the 53. So I think that's probably the surprise on defense for me. John Davis signed an injury settlement with the Packers. I I don't know if that changes things in your mind, but like, I wonder if that's the sole reason he's not on the roster today is he's not hundred percent ready to go. That has to be the case. But you would also think that if they were really high on him, you would imagine that they would have put him on the roster and then put him on on injured reserve afterwards if they wanted to keep him for next year. But, you know, I guess doing that, then you expose somebody else, Tariq Carpenter or whoever, to to waivers and you risk losing them. So, but that was the one, I guess there wasn't an indication, at least to me beforehand, that Davis was hurt to the extent that he would be released or would sign an injury, uh, you know, an injury release. So I guess that was the surprising one for me on defense. I guess the ones that kind of stood out, I thought Tyler Goodson had a really good, and of course, I've, I've only watched Tyler Goodson in preseason games going against other guys that are on the bubble. So I can't really, I can't really say I've witnessed him in OTAs or you know, practice or anything, but I thought the guy looks good. He could be something other teams are looking at. If 
they need to add a third back. Looks like he's really versatile and stuff. So a little shocked to see that one. Juwan Winfrey, I mean, he does this every year. It's kind of become a pattern, right? I mean, he took a cut. He'll make the practice squad and somebody gets banged up in the wide receiver core. His number is going to get called first, I think. Caleb's yeah. up. Sorry, I, I had Peter I had talked about. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, I was a little disappointed to see that, but apparently this Rashid Walker guy, he's no slouch either. So, <laughs> so it, it must have come down to the two of them. I mean, Rashid Walker is 6'6", 324 or something. So. Yeah, he's also a big man. He's got a lot more experience, you know, a lot more accolades in, in college. He, he might not stick around on the Memorial real long. I guess my surprise was Patrick Taylor. I knew that he was like that bubble guy. I thought he would make the roster only because there's only really two guys in the room right now with Dylan and Jones. You don't have a third guy. Like I explained on our website, I feel I felt like Patrick Taylor would hold that place until they thought that Kylan Hill was 100% healthy and that he would take that spot. Now that they only have two running backs on the roster, what happens to Kylan Hill? Like someone else has to go. Yeah, so I, I think that I wasn't shocked, you know, at, as I put on the website. I was suspected for about a month now just because of the number of wide receivers, mainly that I thought that they would keep because I thought there was a chance they would keep eight. So they, they kept seven and four tight ends. And to do that, I felt that they might just keep two running backs for a couple of, for a couple of reasons. One, Amari Rogers played running back in high school. right? So he only played wide receiver at Clemson. He was a running back going into college. right? So I think you've kind of got there a, a, an almost I don't, a dual threat type of type of guy in a Murray Rogers who, who can who can who can take two or three handoffs a game out of the backfield and, and in fact he did it towards the end of the preseason. But I think mainly the reason is that third running back, and I think we'll sign one before the first game. So I think over the next 10 days they will sign a, another running back. But that third guy doesn't play very much, has to play special teams. And there's going to be about 50 running backs sitting out there right now looking for a job, right? So whether that's Taylor, if nobody picks him up, whether that's Goodson, if nobody picks him up, whether that's a guy from another team, Sony Michelle was released, for example. Now, you're probably not looking at that type of guy, but but those types of guys are out there. And I think for running back three who doesn't play very much, I think they, they're pretty certain that they can pick up a guy in the next 10 days that can do that job. Now, that obviously means that somebody else is coming off the roster at that point. But you have to suspect that there's probably somebody, because it happens every year, there's somebody on today's 53 that's going to injured reserve tomorrow. That will open up the roster spot. And I think I think all things being equal, if Patrick Taylor's not picked up by somebody else, he'll get re-signed by the Packers tomorrow or, or the following day. Now, Chris Slayton, I think, is a bit undersized, but he really played well in the preseason. I think that he will end up probably being picked up by someone just to see what they have in him. But Jack Heflin, I thought, played well, too. And I think that he is that backup defensive lineman that you want to come in and eat snaps. So I was a little surprised that he was cut today. They kept Jonathan Ford instead, the seventh rounder out of Miami who I don't know. I don't think he's as polished. I mean, maybe they're keeping him around because they see some athleticism in him that I don't see, but I watched him get pushed around in the preseason. So I don't, I don't know that. I thought that was a mistake. I'm not a huge Jack Heflin guy, but I thought that he's a, at this point, I think he's a better player than Jonathan Ford. The other guy, before you go, Peter, 
Ray Wilborn, I thought was going to make this roster as that Raven green type. But as I watched him in the preseason, he's more linebacker than he is safety. I don't know that he could be that Raven green because his hips aren't fluid enough. He's just a really small linebacker rather than a really big safety. And I think that's the reason he didn't make the team today. Yeah. I was going to say about the defensive line. I I think the release keeping Ford over Heflin means at least on paper, they've kept three nose tackle types with, with, with Clark, TJ Slate and Ford. And I think what that says to me is that we're going to see Kenny Clark line up in a three or even five technique more often than we've ever, than we've ever seen it before. I hope so. That's what I've been hoping for for years. I think that can be the only, the only reason behind it. Else you don't keep three. Well, I would imagine you wouldn't keep three nose tackles. You'd keep two nose tackles and four ends. Yeah, that's a good point. Um, So what else surprises for you, Todd? I mean, I think if I'm looking at this, as I'm looking at the list of, people released, you know, you've got 25 people and you've got to fill the practice squad with 16 spots. So we're looking at nine people got to go. I think if I, if I'm a coach and I'm just, you know, speculating on what, what they, how they're going to decide this, but obviously you have to build depth. That's the first thing you got to go through this, this list and start saying, we need X amount of guys, you know, offensive linemen. We need at least one of these guys. We need two of these. You know, you got you, you got a whole slew of defensive backs who can kind of swap around all over the place. You kind of get that number down first. And then for the rest of them, I look at the, the, the remainder of that list and I say, who can play special teams? And that's my de- deciding factor. If you can't play special teams and you're, you're not part of the, the depth plan, then you're gone in my opinion. To go back to what you said before, Peter, about Tariq Carpenter, I think Tariq Carpenter's sole job is to play special teams on this team. After you watched him play and just complete, get completely lost in that third preseason game and let that guy just blow by him, I think he is solely a gunner on special teams. I think that's Tariq Carpenter's job. And if he can't do that, he won't make it past this year. But I don't think he will ever ever see a defensive snap unless two, three guys go down in the same game. It was glaring how he had no clue that guy was running by him. He kind of was like, oh, I'm going to take this guy right here. And I'm like, no, bro, you just missed that guy flying yeah. right by your face. He's already by you. Oh, not to change subject, but what about Danny Etling? I think they'll definitely keep a quarterback on the practice squad. Whether it will be Danny Etling or not, I, I think it probably right. will be will be to begin with. If nobody else mm-hmm. picks him up, which you you know you'd expect him to clear mm-hmm. waivers given the Packers are his sixth or seventh team, they'll probably sign him to the practice squad just on the basis that he's been there, knows the yeah. system, etc., etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. You need a guy throwing in practice. I think yeah. yes, but I wouldn't bet on him being the third string or practice squad quarterback for the whole season. There will be one, but but whether yeah. it's Danny Etling or not, I don't, I, I don't know. Peter, as you look down this list of the 25, 26 guys, how many of them or any of them stick out to you as being like this guy is going to be, if they can, put, be, put back on the practice squad? Are there guys that just scream that to you? Like this is this is a guy they want back for sure. Tyler Goodson goes to the practice squad if, if he clears waivers and comes back. And I'm making an assumption there that Patrick Taylor does get signed as the third running back. I think Winfrey goes to the practice squad. Again, you know, making the assumption that he clears waivers. Caleb Jones, 
huge assumption that he, that he clears waivers, but but he goes to the practice squad. Chris Slayton, Jack Heflin, uh, Ladarius Hamilton, one of the three corners, Rico Gafford, probably just because of his speed. They probably think there's an athlete there that they can that they can work with. The hope is that he develops into this generation's Sam Shields, isn't it? Definitely half a dozen or so there that you can see easily make going to the practice squad if they clear waivers. They'll definitely put a kicker on the practice squad, especially given Crosby's not played. He's been activated today, but is he fully is he fully fit? Is he really ready to go? Only time only time will tell. But they're going to put a kicker on the practice squad anyway, and probably a punter as well. Past two seasons, they've done that deliberately because of COVID, because you wouldn't be able to bring another guy in quickly enough to to do that. I think they'll they'll put a kicker and a punter on the practice squad, and then there's going to be some guys from other teams that have been released that that they'll look at first. Then we'll look at next after those five or six. There's some concerns for me as I look at this roster. You have to look at defensive line and go, gosh, that's a real depth issue. There, there's they take a beating. I think you have to have someone on your practice squad for sure that plays defensive line. I hope Jack Heflin and Chris Slayton can maybe clear waivers and be a part of the practice squad. They got to find a safety. They cannot go, in my opinion, go into the season how they are right now. I think they need another guy, even if he just plays special teams, but I think you need a safety safety, a guy that's going to may possibly come in and play some snaps. I would say just to jump in there, I would say across the whole roster, safety looks like the weakest spot depth wise, because you've got the two starters and then you've got a bunch of guys that haven't played. And Savage is hurt as well. You look at the other spots and you can see depth all the way through them. The safety spot's the one that immediately jumps out and say, there's some question marks there. The one that jumps out to me is tight end. I mean, look at that. That to me is, that, that's a concern. You have a, a, an old Mercedes Lewis who will probably, you know, get the job done. DeGuara, not real high on him. Tyler Davis is in my shit house. And then they got rid of three guys, none of which who are better than Tyler Davis, apparently. You don't like the name That's Tyler. That's what it is. Isn't it? Tyler, Tyler Summers and Tyler Davis. I feel like you have an anti-Tyler <laughs> bias against them. Tight end is not, is not strong. I mean, unless you know, Tanya comes back and really establishes himself in the passing game, but we know that not, none of those guys can block. They're all a liability except for Lewis. They have to believe that Tanyan is he's ready or he's very close be. to being ready. Otherwise, Hopefully. right. If you look at Tanyan Lewis, DeGuara, you got three pretty good tight ends there. But if you don't have Tanyan and then it's Lewis and DeGuara Davis with waiting for Tanyan to come back, I, that, then you got a problem. If Tanyan can play, I feel like we're okay. But if he can't play pretty much right away, I think we got a problem. DeGuara's garbage. He's also not a that. not a tight end either. He's more of an H back. But they lost the only one on the roster, up. huh? They put him, they put him down in a stance and they they put him on the line. He, he, he's garbage. I don't like him either. I, I clear is, is his middle name Tyler? <laughs> Maybe Josiah Tyler Tyler Tyler, <laughs> Tyler Davis and Tyler Summers. But I like what Ty- else? I like Tyler Goodson. Oh, you do. You I don't do. have a, like a complete Tyler, Tyler bias. What else we got? I guess they kept 10, 10 offensive linemen, which was always the question. Is it, is it nine or 10? They kept, they kept 10, you know, and you, just, and you just look at that. And on paper, that just looks like a really strong group. If Bakhtiari and Jenkins are ready to go, 
early in the season, that just looks like a really strong group where you've got Zach Tom's a backup. That's how Josh Nyman's a backup. That's how good that that group is. The only surprise for me in that was Jake Hansen. Again, Jake Hansen didn't make the roster last year, and I made the team this year, so he's made some strides. Is he the backup center? Is that how you see him, Peter? Because that's what I see. Only because, but but Zach Tom could play center too. I mean, eventually, I think Zach Tom becomes the backup center, regardless of what other positions he might end up playing. But I think that because Tom played at tackle and played at guard through the majority of the preseason. I don't think he worked that much at, at center. So I think that initially Jake Hansen's that guy, but which is why, by the way, I think that they used Hansen at guard in the preseason as well, because I think they want to get positional versatility out of Hansen. But I think Zach Tom's the eventual backup center. In fact, is the eventual starting center, but I don't know how they see it. What about the trip to, to the UK? We can talk about the trip to the UK. <laughs> talk so- about it. It's coming up. It is coming up. Today is what? August 30th or something like that? Six weeks away? Five weeks away? Dang. That's going to be awesome. I'm so excited. I got my passport. I was telling Peter the other day, yesterday, I I got my passport. So I'm all excited about that. I'm official. I can get on the plane. with. This is your first trip out of the United States? Um, First time I needed a passport. I've been on cruises and stuff, but I'm not a world traveler like you. I'm sorry. I'm I'm more of a land animal and I got to stay, you know, close to my territory. But so I'm very excited to travel to England and see things. I'm probably just going to so, take a bunch of Red Bull, drink a bunch of Red Bulls so I could just stay up the whole time <laughs> and to see see what England is really like even in the middle of the night. Sorry Peter. Well, you're on your own then. So. <laughs> I'm just going to walk uh, Peter's so, dogs wait, around the so, neighborhood all night. Let's Peter walk. First of all, question for you, Peter, have you been to a NFL game in the UK? Yes. previously? Or, okay. Yeah. Walk us through like, what's, what's the expectation? What, what are we in for here? Normally at an NFL game in the UK, you're going to see fans from all 32 teams. That's what you normally see. So you see jerseys right. from, from every team. You're not going to see that with this game. All right. So what you're going to see is what I think you're going to see is a stadium of 95% Packers fans is what I think you're going to see. And I think there's going to be lots of festivities in and around the game. Lots of stuff going on in London. Packers fans taking over bars. There's lots of Packers fans coming over from the States without tickets. Yeah. Who, who, you know, just going to make, just going to make a week or a week. Make a ruckus. Yeah, yeah absolutely. <laughs> so that's absolutely. that's that brings up an interesting dynamic there. So, like, obviously, Packer fans love to drink, and and obviously in the UK, there's a lot of pubs. I know that there's a I don't know, call it localism, but a maybe a hopefully the locals take it easy on them with their behavior because <laughs> I I can I can kind of see a lot of. Packer fans getting their asses kicked in public. I think, I think that. So, yeah, I think. I think that in London, I think the people will be used to it. It's when I get you guys outside of London. Yeah. Out, right. Out, right. Out, out into the burbs here, but my dogs are excited. Are they? Okay. Nice. <laughs> I must be sleeping right next to them, so they should be excited. I'll be petting them. I love dogs. Feel like I heard that someone thinks that Dale's gonna get his ass kicked. Am I gonna? I'm not gonna run my mouth. <laughs> so Peter, I got a couple of things I gotta tell you about me. 
I can do not let me drink malt liquor when I'm there. I don't know if that's a thing in England, but I have to stay away from that or I, I get I'm an ugly drunk when I drink malt liquor and I can't do shots either. That's out. Otherwise, I'll be sleeping outside in the garden. I will attest to that. <laughs> yeah, I will control myself because I'm in another country and I don't really need to get arrested when I'm in a foreign country. I behave myself. I'm, I'm counting on Todd to make sure that you stay in line. Yeah, Todd keeps me in line. <laughs> most likely. I mean, most of the time. I will say that yeah. when, when we were in Detroit for NCAA wrestling, they ran out of beer. So my concern is with all these Packer fans, they're going to run out of beer in the whole country. The whole nah. area is just going to run out of beer. No? Yeah, but Detroit is so, such a fucking armpit. They... Not the God. same as London, no. No, no. We're Probably. not going to Detroit. It's not the Detroit. I'm looking forward to it. I can't wait. I think about it. Already starting to put together some gear. Getting ready, man. Getting yeah. Ready. You got to have gear. You got to have your swag, man. Start getting it pulled together. What does that mean? Swag. I already have swag. I just show up. I could be in fucking I, I need shirts. I need, I need hats. I need, you know. Oh, we're going to buy stuff when we get there, like tourists? No, fucking Packer shirts and shit. That's what I'm saying. Hats. All right. Like I, That's what swag is. What are you? What are I'm you, just in saying, 19 fucking ninety. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I'm fifty one, and I know what the word fucking swag is. I know what it means. I'm just saying, like, are we bringing it or are we buying it when we get there? Feel like we should be buying it when Entirely. we get there. Plus, I'm gonna bring a bunch of extra average cheese T-shirts. I'm gonna hand them out. We'll be slapping stickers on people's foreheads. Yeah, stuff. we have to. That's when I'm gonna get in a yeah. fight at the bar, just right. I would not slap them on people's foreheads on their backs and stuff. Like, wait, what's what are you doing? I'm like, oh no, nothing, nothing. And I'll be, I'll I'll be, I'll, like, I'll, I'll be like, I have yeah. no idea. I have no idea. Yeah, yeah. To no idea. These two never, American never seen fools. them before today. Yeah, <laughs> they just keep hanging out with me, and I don't really know them. I just feel sorry for them. Do, do they refer? Will we be referred to as Yanks as well? Quite possible. Or, we no. are. Yeah. it's gonna be awesome but it, it will be it will, it will be interesting to see because I, I i think that there's going to be so many packers fans i think come over from the states that get the feeling that there's going to be just as many american packers fans as british and european packers fans around could be can't wait yep peter i'm sorry but you have this and i didn't see it there's no countdown to london is there on the average cheese website oh, no we should no we should that I tell you what we'll do. We'll put that on that once we get the first. So we've like got the ticker. countdown. So we've got the ticker to the to the opening kickoff of the, the season, the first oh, right. of the season game. So maybe once oh. that comes, we'll take that off yes. and change it to a countdown to London. Perfect. Yep. Countdown right. to Dale get, getting arrested for being drunk and disorderly. Just put that on their <laughs> website. <laughs> countdown and, and then put in little parentheses, a.k.a. Packers play in London. Thank you. We'll, okay. we'll need the we'll need the swear jar to bail you out. <laughs> I wonder if geez. I should pack my swear jar. You can't put glass on it in an airplane. Can you? Pack in your fucking suitcase. I'm gonna Are carry we doing on an a episode bag. when we're there. Yes, we should do an episode when we're there. Yeah. So okay. I'll bring my laptop and my microphone and stuff. Yes, let's do that. Let's plan that for sure. We'll your do a shitty thing. laptop and I know. Hey, I got a well, let's let, let's let Peter handle that. We're all going to be talking on the, the same IT. microphone. The IT. Okay. 
We'll do it in the garden. I like saying garden. We don't call it the backyard. It's the garden. It's the garden. Yeah. There you go. Oh, yeah, the garden. Yeah. That's the, that's the other that's the other thing you need to do before you come here is brush up on your English. Okay. That's true. I will. We have to learn English. Yeah. We need to learn English. <laughs> I know my English is terrible and my English English is almost non-existent. So, just let us know what the schedule is. <laughs> and then we'll be fine. Okay. Okay, we're done. <laughs> <laughs> So thanks for listening to episode 92 of the Average Cheese Podcast. Go Pat, go. Go Pat, go. Is schedule not a word? <laughs> it's schedule for it's me. Schedule. Yeah. It should be schedule, but I can't say it. Sound like I'm drunk and I haven't even been drinking.